Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. just like to leave you something uh, that's not new, but I, I, I just felt this in my heart. <clears throat> I felt this in my heart last weekend, and I didn't preach in the second service last weekend, and uh, I don't have preacher's itch, but I just feel that perhaps today that this word would find someone, amen, find someone. And so our, everybody can just stay on board here, if you will. And uh, we'll just, just take a few moments. In the book of Genesis, you can remain seated if you'd like. Genesis 22 and 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went to the place of which God had told him. And then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw the place afar off. I've often tried to imagine in my own mind the scenery, the setting of this. He saw that place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. I have spoken on this subject before, and I say that without apology, but I want you to look at those two words in the latter portion of that verse. Abraham said, The lad and I will go yonder. We're going to go yonder and worship. And I want to just speak today from this subject, a place called yonder, a place called yonder. Abraham said that he and the lad would go somewhere that seems a little random at first. If we're just reading the scripture, it just seems like this nameless place without a longitude and latitude. And perhaps that part is true. But he said, we're going to do something. We're going to go to this specific place. But we are going to worship while we're there. And by faith, he said, we are going to come again unto you. The word yonder means over there. Over there. Another definition of the word yonder is a far off distant place. And I I feel that that's what perhaps Abraham saw when he came to that place and he saw it afar off. It was that it was that yonder place. I think it's important, or that there is at least a particular 
an important principle that is set forth for us in this word. Because sometimes in order to get what we need from the Lord, we have to go yonder to get it. Amen. We have to get to that over there place. We have to get to that far off distant place and allow the spirit of the Lord to touch us. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that, but I believe that certainly we could admit today that in the world of noise and chaos and distractions that we have, Brother Rayleigh mentioned it a moment ago, it is somewhat frightening when you are riding down the interstate and you you just kind of glance over at how many people are passing you above 70 miles an hour that are on their phone. There is Our world is filled with distractions, absolutely filled with distractions. And so if we're going to hear something from God, it's, it's sometimes that we obey the call of the Lord and we go to that yonder place. God pulls us and we go to that far off distant place. And then sometimes God allows circumstances and situations of life to push us to yonder place. Sometimes it's a pull and, and God did take Abraham to a yonder place. It was not where he wanted to be that day. It was not where he would have chosen to be, perhaps I, I should say. I believe that the Lord took Moses and he set him in the cleft of the rock. I think to some degree that was a yonder place. And so sometimes the Lord sets us in a yonder place and other times, Brother Gibson, he sends us to a yonder place. But if we think for a moment that God is just setting us in a yonder place or sending us to a yonder place because he's wanting to flex his spiritual muscles and prove to us that he is God Almighty and that we are little more than dust, we are forever wrong. I believe that when we go to those yonder places, God, it's there that the Lord wants to whisper something in our ears, speak something into our spirit, reveal something into our eyes. I believe that God has a bounty of things that he desires to give us. I think God has a bounty of things that he desires to take place in our life. Some of those things are readily available. Some of those things are easily accessible. You can discover a lot of things just in the course of reading your Bible. I I don't say this to do anything more than just testify, but I'm amazed again in 2017 as we begin our regimented schedule of reading through the word of God at how many scriptures I've already discovered in Genesis and Exodus and, and those passages of scripture in Leviticus that sometimes are so hard to untangle, but as we read through them, we just come across something to think I've never, I don't know that I've ever read that before, or at least I have never comprehended that before. And there are some things that we get in prayer. Brother Bobby Gibson mentioned a few moments ago in our prayer request time how that in his prayer this morning, God began to deal with him and reveal. So there are some things that God will just let rise from his word a little bit higher. The Lord will just reveal to us in prayer. Amen. But there are some things 
if we going to if we are going to get those from the Lord, then we're going to have to get it past an entry level of just serving God and somehow be willing, Amen, for the Lord to either put us in yonder or to send us over yonder, Amen, to get a word from the Lord. He said to Abraham or to Moses, He said, "I've got something I need to tell you that is imperative to the leading and the future of the children of Israel." But He said, "You're going to have to get up on top of Mount Sinai." You're going to have to get alone. I got to take you somewhere in order to give you something. I believe today that the Spirit of the Lord, I know we preach about this often, and this could almost seem cliche, and oh, God forgive us if it ever does, but I feel, amen, as the shepherd of this church, something deep stirring in our heart, amen, that God has something wonderful in not, not, I think God has something wonderful for our future, but I think God has something wonderful for our present that is beyond what we can have even at this point wrapped our hands around. Amen. And so I say, Lord, help me to be willing to either be led or help me to be willing to be placed in yonder place if I can go and get a word from you that would help us in our future. A brief summary of Numbers 23 introduces us to two men, one by the name of Balaam, the other by the name of Balak. Balaam inquires of the Lord, receives an answer with which he shares that answer with a man by the name of Balak. Now, Balak, finding uh, that this was a prediction of prosperity for the Israelites, is somewhat troubled in verse number 11. Balaam again consults the Lord in verses 14 and 15 and here's where we'll pick up reading. And the Bible said he brought unto him the field of Zophim to the top of Pisgah and built seven altars and offered a bullock and a ram on every altar. And now listen to what Balaam says to Balak. He said unto Balak, stand here by the burnt offering while I meet the Lord. There it is. Amen, you stand here, but I have to go somewhere else, but it's not a random place. Amen, it's a specific place. It's a yonder place. You stand here by the altar, probably uh, this man, Balaam, left a little bit to be desired, and but I think that it's, it's worth noting that he said to Balak, you stand here, amen, but he said, God is requiring of me to walk beyond in order to get into the presence of the Lord. And I just feel in the Holy Ghost today to speak to me and to speak to everybody in this building that sometimes you are going to have to leave some things behind in your life in order to move on forward. Abraham said you abide here with a donkey I and the lad are going to yonder place. Amen. There's some places that God is wanting us to go that others are not going to be able to make that journey with us. If you think I'm being pompous and arrogant, you're misunderstanding me. I'm telling you today that God has ripped some people out of my life that wounded me. God has moved circumstances out of my life that I wasn't wanting to give up, but I just felt like the Lord was leading me on, amen, to say you're gonna to get where you need to be and to get in a position to hear what you need to hear from me. There's some things you're going to have to leave behind. And so if we're ever to reach this yonder place, then we're going to have to be willing to make the sacrifices necessary to get it off the blueprint and bring it into reality. The fact of the matter is is that anyone can serve God at some base level. 
Amen. But if you're going to truly walk with God, amen, and be what God has desired for us to be, then we're going to have to move beyond the standard. We're going to have to move beyond just the minimum payment. We're going to have to move beyond of just what can I do and get by with. But somebody is going to have to forget about where the lines are and say, I need to run. Amen. What did Jonah do when he finally got his heart right with God? He didn't just go into Nineveh, but he ran three days into Nineveh before he stopped running. Amen. So I say today, amen, he didn't go to the city limit sign and hang out and holler in a message, but he ran in. And so I'm reaching for somebody today that'll say, I'm not looking for the city limit sign, but I'm looking for the heart of downtown. I'm not just trying to skirt the issues of the will of God, but I want to get dead center the will of God and give everything that I possibly can of myself to that. Amen. Amen. Numbers chapter 32 tells of an incredible decision that was made by Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh. The Bible says that uh, they were of the original 12 tribes that came out of Egypt, you may remember that, to receive the inheritance of the Lord, or Canaan. It was Canaan was their promise. However, when they got right to the very edge of the promised land, these two and a half tribes, the Bible tells us that they made a decision to stay where they were. Now, some of you Bible folks know I'm talking truth today. Amen. Rather than walk just a few more paces. Amen. Rather than just, I mean, you've been walking this long. You you have endured all of these storms. Why would you stop on this side? But they decided in their heart that where we are is good enough. I understand we can see the mountains of Canaan. We can, we can smell the aroma of Canaan, so to speak. But where we are is good enough. These are men and women that had already crossed the Red Sea. Amen. They have already had manna. They've already had quail. Amen. These, this is a tribe of people, a group of people, not the same people, of course, but in their lineage, their heritage of people that had seen the miraculous miraculous things of God. Amen. Here are people that had crossed the Jordan River. Here are men and women who had watched God push the walls of Jericho down into the ground. Amen. And they say, you know what? It's good enough for us. We're just going to stay right where we are. They stand within a stone's throw of being absolutely where God could take them to the next level. I believe I'm preaching to some people today. Amen. That you are within a stone's throw of being exactly where God would have you to be. Amen. You may be looking in the mirror of your own soul and saying, I don't know if I want to give this up. I don't know if I want to give that up. But can I tell you, you won't give up anything that God won't make up in your life. Amen. I've never let go of one thing and look back with regret because God so richly blessed me on the other side. God so richly granted to me on the other side. Praise God. Listen carefully what they had to say to Moses. They said in Numbers 32 and 19, I think it's important. They said, we will not inherit with them on yonder side. We're just willing to stay over here because we don't want to go over yonder 
side of Jordan or forward because the inheritance has fallen to us on this side of the Jordan. We've got enough over here. We're already eating. We're already full. We have already got enough. Rather than go yonder to find the real blessings of the Lord, they decided we're just gonna stay here and be satisfied with what we have here and now. Can I tell you, amen, that we are at a critical point. I say this all the time, but let me say it again. We're at a critical point as a church. We can just get comfortable right where we are. We can just coast along. We've heard some great music, some great singing. We heard some great word this morning. Amen, we felt a great presence of the Lord, and we can say, why not just camp out here and live out the rest of our days? I mean, the Lord's coming back anyway. Why lean in? Why give a little bit more? But I'm gonna tell you, I don't want to stop within a stone's throw of what God said is exceedingly abundantly above all you can think or even ask beyond what our minds could even imagine the Lord said I would like to give that to you they were living below what God wanted to give to them now granted it was better than Egypt granted they weren't making mud uh, uh, bricks out of mud granted they weren't under the heavy hand of a Pharaoh but that's not the point I'm telling you tonight thank God we're not in sin thank God there are people in this house that were bound that are now delivered but you know what it's not enough just to have those marbles out of your shirt pocket or that can of skull out of your hip pocket amen or that needle out of your arm or that bottle of beer out of your hand amen or many many other things we could mention it's not enough that we've been down in the water in his name and filled with his spirit I want to say Lord help me to go yonder amen and find out what it is that you want to bring to fruition in my life. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. That never works. Amen. I'm going to tell you there's something critical that happens when we stop outside of the gate. For instance, consider the tribe of Gad. If you just keep your finger on the tribe of Gad from this moment of decision, they kind of go underground. You can't keep your finger on them all the way, but they kind of go off the radar a little bit, but they pop back up in Mark. And see, we're so far out of the Old Testament. We've crossed over those 400 years of silence and darkness until sometimes we don't make the connection because we get caught up in the miracle of the demonic man. Amen. But hear me today, that demonic man was in a place when God found him. That demonic man was specifically somewhere when God found him. And the Bible says that he was in the land of the Gadarenes. Amen. From the tribe of Gad. Amen. And Gadarene means empty. It means dry. It means barren. And I'm going to tell you that just because you don't walk on into the promised land doesn't mean that you're going to just fall over and die. Amen. But I promise you that our lives could be dry and empty and barren. And we still know the words to amazing grace. We still know how to clap on time. We know right where the cues are to say praise the Lord and lift our hands. But inside we could be full of dead men bones. I say, Lord, help us today. Amen. Not to be satisfied. Amen. The Gadites, amen. The Reubenites said, just give us our inheritance here. Just let us have it here and now. But I'm reaching today for somebody in Hatchman Apostolic Church to say, I do not want my inheritance now. Don't sign the will now. Don't make it final now because I believe there's some more on the other side of all of this. Praise God.
Praise God. Amen. I'm just going to take 15 seconds and say something. One of the most disappointing things that I would say, one of the most disappointing things about my responsibility as a pastor is watching people refuse to step into the total will of God. When you see the potential in their lives, when you see what God caught, God possibly could do in their lives, but they're just willing to come in, amen, they're just kind of willing to sit on the fringe edges in the background, and you're just thinking, you know what, sir, ma'am, if you would just come just a couple of steps closer, if you would move just a little, just a little bit closer, I know I've been preaching about this a lot, but let me say it again today, amen, when you move a little bit closer, you're gonna move your children a little bit closer, amen, the closer you get, the closer your children are gonna get, and the better the odds are that we're going to be able to touch them and reach them with the gospel and so I say I'm not talking to you literally but I say we need to get off the back row I'd say we need to unfold our arms amen I say we need to dismiss this passive spirit amen and say God help me either lead me to a yonder place or place me in a yonder place and speak your holy word into my life and my spirit now in the name of Jesus Ooh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're blessed. Oh, we're so blessed. We're so blessed. If you could allow me to say something humbly. But we're so blessed with good music. We're blessed with good leaders. We're blessed with good ministries. Amen, we're, we're blessed with good programs. There's room for improvement and all this. That's why we're still reaching and stretching and trying and that's why we're not gonna ever be satisfied until the trumpet sounds. Amen. But in that blessing, we can get comfortable. And I just settle back. Let somebody else do all the praying, somebody else do all the work, somebody else do all the leaning, somebody else do all the pulling but there's something about a place called yonder. I'm closing in 2 Kings chapter 4. We find the epic story of the Shunammite woman, an upright woman. That's what the Bible called her. Obviously, from everything we can discover about her, she loved the Lord, and she loved her husband. There's not nothing, there's not one thing that is revealed to us in scripture that would be a mar against her character that would cast any shadow of doubt about her integrity she and her husband I think had fallen in love with Elisha the prophet I don't think this was a casual relationship I, I think they really had a high regard for him and they had fallen in love with his God and his mission and they loved him so much that they decided we, we need to build a room on our house so he will have somewhere to stay when he comes by. And because of their kindness, Elisha told them that God was going to bless their home with a child. She did not take this lightly. If you read in scripture, she said, don't, don't mess with me about this now. This is an open wound. Am I right? Don't, don't, this, don't fool with me about this subject. We'll we'll joke around about sports. We'll joke around, but don't mess with me about this. Was a nerve, a raw nerve. But in due time, a child was born, lived several years. Then one day, 
the child died. All this mother could think about was getting to the man of God, not to give him a piece of her mind. And she said, I got to get back to the source of the promise. It was in her heart to get to the man of God. But listen, what happened to her on the way, and I'm not being unkind to these characters, I just want to I just want to use them as cobblestones in the path in your mind. Her very own husband, no doubt a good man, because he was willing to go along with all of this. I, I don't think that he built that room reluctantly. But but her husband, this good man, said, It's neither full moon or Sabbath. How you don't even know where the prophet is. It appears from our text that 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 was normally the time that you would go visit a prophet. You would know where they are. But I mean, this was a uh, a day of, of great movement. He's not just preaching in one place. He's all over. And 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 maybe it was during these times that they would meet and take them provisions. But he was just trying to say in our language, you don't even know where the preacher is right now. So when you leave the driveway, Mama, which way are you going to turn? Are you going to go left out of the driveway? You're going to go right out of the driveway? We don't even know where he is. <laughs> it didn't slow her down. She pressed on. She told her servant that was driving the cart, she said, don't slow down unless you hear from me. You give it all it's got. In order to get where the prophet of the Lord was, I want to just draw some real, real obstacles in your mind that she had to get over. She could have, I think Brother Rayleigh years ago preached just a tremendous message about this, about not bearing the promise. But there were some things that she had to step over. One of those was the pains of death. She really lost a child. This is not a parable. Beyond the disappointment of, of, of losing just a child, she lost a promise. She had to step beyond an un, somewhat unbelieving husband, or at least a negative husband at the moment. She had to get over the feelings of all the good things I've done for the man of God. And I got a dead baby laying in the bed. So there was a lot of things for her to get past. She could have been home making funeral arrangements, but something, something pulled at her. Something pulled at her that said, you gotta go. Amen. Now watch this. 2 Kings 4 and 25. So she went and came to the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass when the man of God saw her afar off that he said unto Gehazi his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite woman. A place of bewilderment, a place of disillusionment, but she was coming from a place called yonder. The vantage point of the mountain, the man of God saw her coming a long way off. And there she was standing in a place called yonder. Let's stand. The Bible is full of stories about people that had to overcome overwhelming obstacles in order to get where they wanted to be with the Lord.
The woman with the issue of blood came to Jesus, but it wasn't just enough to come to Jesus that day because when she got there, there were many people there. So she had to crawl, push. We're not sure. But whatever the means, we know that she did what was necessary to get to yonder place. When Simon Peter denied the Lord, he had to go out and weep bitterly in repentance. He had to go somehow yonder. Today, if we should fast forward the tape to the New Testament, we would find Matthew recording these words of the Lord in 1720. And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you shall... If you have faith, rather, as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible for you. Jesus said in Matthew 26, 36, then cometh Jesus with them into a place called Gethsemane and said unto the disciples, you sit here while I'll go yonder. You see, whether we are called to go there or placed there, we shouldn't resist yonder so much that we miss what God is trying to give birth to. Now, if you think that having a child for the Shunammite woman and her husband was a miracle, and it was, but oh, what a miracle. <laughs> happened in that very room in the very place they built he came back there <laughs> he went to his bed and God just made bare his arm and said I just want to show you another dimension of me I not only can give life I can give it again I'm not just the God of life, but I have the key of death. And death had to move. I'm telling you today that God would take us yonder if we'll go. And God will place us yonder if we won't fight it. And when we get yonder, and if I believe I'm preaching to some people today that are already there, you're yonder. You're in a far off place. You feel so removed from where you were just a year ago, two years ago, five years ago. Maybe you feel lost to yourself today, wondering, what am I even doing here? But can I tell you, you're not standing here randomly. But either God drew you to this yonder place or He set you in this yonder place because he has something he wants to say something he wants to show I wouldn't be quick to fight to try to get out of this yonder place because I don't want to leave until he's through speaking amen I don't want to leave until he's through speaking you know I don't want to read too much into this and I know we've already had good church but I was reading it a few days ago and it just kind of pricked my mind a little bit that Moses was on the top of the mountain and God was speaking and down off of the mountain Aaron had 
acquiesced to the desires of the people and taken all their gold and created a golden calf and they're down at the base of the mountain. They're just, they're acting like they don't even know God. Am I right? They're dancing around this idol of gold, crazy. And the Lord spoke to Moses and said, Moses, you might better get back. Am I right? I hate to interrupt all this, Moses, but I hear a noise. You might better run back down there and check on them. I wonder if God was through talking. I wonder if the Lord had more to say, more to reveal, but sin, flesh, desire, pandering to our own carnal nature, And the Lord said, I must be silent now, Moses, because you need to go down there and take care of some flesh. I'm just tossing it out. You can chew on that today. When Sarah and Abraham got ahead of God and brought Hagar into the scene and Ishmael was born, we can think it cruel if we want to that... Sarah said to Abraham one day, he's got to go. You can think that cruel that that Hagar and this poor little child was just cast out. But can I tell you that Hagar and Ishmael represented flesh. And Sarah and Isaac represented promise. And the promise said, If we're going any further, we got to get rid of the flesh. We must get rid of this flesh if the promise is going to grow and be healthy. Because what was happening was Ishmael was mocking. And so he said, if if we're going to preserve the promise and let the promise grow grow up without scars, we're going to have to get rid of this flesh. Amen. I'm telling you today, there's a clarion call. I've never felt more in the will of God standing behind this desk than I feel right now. There's a call of God. Amen. You say, well, it's just unseemingly that we would have to give up this or do that or that you would send Hagar and Ishmael, but what about, what about, what about? And all the while, we really need to be focusing on the promise and say, but what about the promise? That's the most important thing. The most important thing in your life, sir, will not be a promotion, a raise. The most important thing in your life, ma'am, will not be the next new this, the next new that, or the new home, or the new car. Amen. None of those things are going to matter because moth and rust. I said this a few months ago, I think it was now, but but no no matter what, your name is on today. No matter how many deeds bear your name, no matter how much property is under your title, one day, one day, that'll all be erased. Somebody else's name will go there. No matter how proud you are of the title of that car, one day, it'll all be taken off and another name will be placed there. I think we need to reach for yonder. I feel a Holy Ghost today. I don't want to preach past this moment. I think we need to stop right now. Amen. And we just let let the Spirit of God touch us. I'm preaching to people in yonder. Amen. I'm preaching to people that have been led, perhaps life, circumstances. You feel like that 
beyond your control. But can I tell you, maybe God placed you here in this yonder place, this yonder place, because he needs to speak to us. He needs to tell us something. I placed you in the cleft of the rock, Moses, because I want to show you. I want to show you these first five books. I want to show you history. I want to show you about me. I want to reveal some things. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. I love you today, God. Amen. Whether you step out of your seat or not, I'm asking you to step out of your comfort zone. Amen. And lift your voices. Would you do that and just ask God to speak to me again, Lord. Anoint my mind and my heart again. Pass by, pass by, pass by. One more time, pass by one more time, Lord. Pass by one more time. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.